Welcome to Red Zone DFS Week One. Here we are, Jim Finn. What's going on? We're back. We're back. All so right, pumped. football's back, boys. Week One. Let's Week do it. One. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get right into it, boys. Quarterbacks. Vin, let's start with you. Give me a top tier guy to start with here. Top tier guy. So who I'm kind of looking at early on. um, I think I like Rodgers up there. I mean, I have Kyler in my player pool, but I'm a little bit hesitant around the Cardinals right now. uh, Just from a standpoint of, I don't know what to make of Arizona. Like there's so much like weird stuff coming out of there. And I also have a hard time figuring out who I'm really going to stack with Kyler. Um, so for me, quarterbacks, I'm starting at Rodgers pretty much. I, I, you know, Mahomes is hard to ignore, but it's going to be Rodgers for me. And then I'm going kind of into that mid-tier as far as my next three favorites. Um, I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I like Jalen Hurd a lot. Um, those are going to be kind of my top three, I think. And then Ryan Tannehill I have in there. Uh, when we hit stacks kind of towards the end, I'll get into it a little bit more, but Dude, Arizona is just, a, I think, a fraud defense. I'm all over Ryan Tannehill to, to start the season off. Yeah, absolutely. That game, the Titans and the Cardinals, I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. Um, Tannehill, I have him as a must-play, A-plus grade in my article this week. Um, Tannehill and Kyler, I think that game's going to be a shootout, and it's going to also be high-owned, but I think you need to be a part of it. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I – I'm with Vin, I think, with Rodgers, um, especially if they're going to move that game away from New Orleans and play in Dallas um, because of the hurricane. Um, which they're playing New Orleans, or I'm sorry, in Jacksonville. Oh, I heard I heard today that they were going to play in Dallas. Oh, okay. Um, oh, switcheroo. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, for for one. I would much prefer them to play in Dallas because that's indoors. It's a fast track, right? The same thing, same thing as Superdome gives you without the Superdome's crowd, really, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if I'm going up top, I mean, I think Rogers is probably what I want to pay for. Um, I don't know if I just I would rather see the Cardinals play for a week. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I know what Kyler is, right? Um, but there's a lot of different moving parts on that defense uh, or on that offense. I think they're just going to throw the ball a ton. So it's going to be hard to, like, pair up people. Yeah. I mean, I think if I'm going to play Kyler, I think I'm just going to, like, play, like, Rondale Moore with him and who's, like, the dead men and, mm-hmm. and just go from there, right? Because if he busts, then then he busts, right? But I think that their lack of of depth at the running back with with Edmonds and Connor, I mean, I, I think they're going to try to find ways to get Rondell Moore involved a lot in like the short passing game. So I mean, that's a guy that if I was going to play Kyler, um, I'd be really interested in. But I think if I'm going up top, um, I think it's going to be Rogers for me, um, or I think it's going to be Josh Allen. Um, th- those are the two guys that I'm really looking at. Um, Russ, m- maybe, right? Um, I-, I just, again, I don't know what the hell that Seattle team is going to look like. So uh, yeah. week one, I would rather go for sure things. I know Rogers is going to light it up. Um, and I know Josh Allen's going to light it up, right? So if I'm paying yeah. up, I want to pay up for sure things. I don't want to pay up for question marks. And Rodgers is an sure. absolute value this week in week one at 6,800. You're not going to get him at 6,800 any other time this season. I know he's a high-end guy, but that's not a high-end price for Rodgers. I think it's it's a price you can't ignore. And you guys are right. I think it's a surefire Rodgers is about to throw three touchdowns minimum in week one. Yeah, and I have, I have a lot of interest in Jalen Hurts. I, I think Atlanta's terrible. Uh, I think the defense is horrible. I like that he brings a running element too. We always talk about quarterbacks and DFS being able to like give you something with their legs as well. If like all else fails. And the one thing I like a lot about the Eagles is bad defense they're playing against. Um, Atlanta should score. So it should push the game, you know, a little bit faster, but also his weapons are cheap. You know, Jalen Rieger, 
um, Devonta Smith, even the tight ends, Goddard and Ertz. Like, dude, they're cheap. So you can go with an Eagle stack and have some serious upside and, you know, squeeze in one, maybe two of those big running backs, uh, which we'll talk about next. But Jalen Hurst to me, um, I, I like him a lot in week one. All right. Any other quarterbacks you guys are going down for? I uh, I got my one sleeper, but I'll let Jim go. No, you go ahead. I'm I'm interested to hear what you what you're thinking. I I, I mentioned to on our group chat a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still on it. Is uh, I'm liking Baker, man. Uh, looking at it more, I know you're gonna laugh. I don't love Kansas like playing against Kansas City's front seven. I think that's like a, their strength of their team with Chris Jones and some of those other guys there. Um, I don't want any part of that. And so I know Cleveland's going to run the ball, but if Kansas City goes absolutely ham, which they could any game, Baker's going to have to throw. And I think the receiver pool is pretty tight. Like you have OBJ's back healthy, who nobody's talking about. Jarvis Landry, you've got Hooper at tight end you can pair him with. I think it's a pretty clear-cut stack, and it's nice that you can bring back the Chiefs guys, you know, if you're going to go game stack there. So – yeah. To me, I just I, I have a hard time getting off of that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I hope you're going to mention the other guy that I like next. Well, I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sammy D. The, my biggest concern, as I actually was hoping that he would look like shit in the preseason, um, <laughs> because like now, like it's week one. There's no, there's no, there's no preseason game this week, so everyone's gonna have all week to look at Sam Darnold at five thousand dollars and and go, oh man, this guy is the absolute smash play. Um, I'm probably gonna play a fair amount of him anyway, but I think a guy that I'm gonna turn to that, per the numbers that I'm looking at, is gonna be the best value. Um, I don't know how how highly owned he's gonna be, but it's Mac Jones. Um, oh, whoa. $4,400. They're going to, they're playing the Dolphins. Dolphins are a good team. Yeah. Right? Dolphins are going to score some points. Um, I realize that the Patriots are going to run a lot of 12 personnel, um, you know, two tight ends, try and run the ball a lot. But the fact of the matter is, is that like, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do that against Miami. Miami's got a great front seven. And, you know, I don't know if Mac Jones can, can get 30 points, but can he get 20 pretty easily? Yeah. I mean, at $4,400, he's got a 65% chance to do 3X, which is like just about 15 points. All right. Gun gun to your head, do you you like him more or less than Darnold, who's, what, 400 bucks more? Well, I like Darnold incredibly more, but if you're telling me that Darnold is going to be – now, QBs are usually not, like, too wildly overowned. And, yeah. and on a full slate, I, I think it'll still be okay. Um, but, I mean, Dar- Darnold is on another level. I think Darnold might be one of the best plays in the entire week. I'm just um, wondering, like, I, I think, it, like, a unique build could be, like, a Darnold CMC, DJ Moore, or Terrence Marshall, or whatever. Like, I, I think if people are going to play CMC, I don't see them playing Darnold, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way to to get some variability in your lineup, right? CMC is probably going to be another guy that, you know, when we move on to running backs, it's going to be highly owned. Yeah. Um, but just because a guy is highly owned doesn't mean that you can't play him. Right. Um, mo- most, most of the, you know, most of the contests we play are single entry and three max. Right? Yeah. You can play highly owned guys in that. You can get weird other, other places um, and build your lineup in a unique way like that. Um, I mean, Definitely. I think, I think, I think Sam Darnold's probably one of the best plays of the week. Um, I think a, a guy on the other side of the same price is Zach Wilson. I mean, if, if we think that the Panthers are just going to shit all over the jets, mm-hmm. I mean, the jets He's aren't going to be able to it. go out there and run the ball. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, he's got some really, really cheap options you can you can pair with i yeah. love jamison crowder he's healthy right he's in the slot those are going to be easy throws for zach and i like denzel mims a whole lot 
you know, he's a speedster guy. He's a guy that can blow the top off the defense. And they're going to take some deep shots, and they're going to have to, right? So yeah. I think a, an interesting way for me, um, I'm going to have some game stacks of that game a little bit later when we get to stacks. But I think Zach Wilson is, is, is going to be an interesting pivot play um, in the same game off of Sam Darnold because, I mean, what if this guy just comes out and throws – you know, 420 yards, three touchdowns and three interceptions, and they still lose, you know, 42 to 22 or 42, 20. Yeah. Right? Like that, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm looking. Um, I'm either going to go way up high or way down low. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that quarterback in the mid range this week that I'm in love with. Um, I'm interested in burrow a little bit, 5,700. Um, you know, I think, I think Baker's priced, right. I just, I, I just fucking hate I know him. I know you don't like I him. Just, I just don't. I, I kind of have a I, I kind of have like uh, a soft spot and like I, I I hated this guy early in his career, but like now that everyone's kind of shit and forgot about OBJ, I kind of like am now team OBJ. Like he didn't become a worse player. No. He's still super electric. Like the guy was just injured last year, so and I look, don't know. Kansas City. I mean it. It all it all comes down to if you think that Kansas City is going to come out sharp, yeah, and they're going to be able to put up points against the Browns. Um, yeah, one guy that I didn't really hear you guys talk about a whole lot. I talked about Josh Allen a little bit. Um, I like Big Ben, Biggie Ben, and the boot. They're playing. They're playing <laughs> the Bills. They're going to have to put some points up. I mean. The best time to play Ben is now when he's as healthy as absolutely he could. He's going to be all year. Best shape of his life, dude. You know, pair him up with Deontay Johnson and uh, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, Pat Fryermuth at, <laughs> at at tight end, and and then away we go. Right, we my, could play Diggs. We could play Diggs on the other side. And my only concern with that is like I think both those defenses are pretty good. Like I, you know what I mean, like. Are the is the upside there? Are we going to get like a huge shootout? You know, I mean, I both think, offenses for sure can. I, but like. I think that the way that the NFL is structured today, there's just if you go back and look at all the scores from last year, there's just so few games that are like twelve to six, right, right, you know, or like you know twenty to thirteen. It just when you have two high powered offenses, these guys are so good, and the rules are skewed toward right. the offense right we, we all know that it's not a secret um i don't know i think it might be a sneaky way to go and maybe a larger field three max where you know ben's got ben's the guy that can throw five touchdowns no problem right right you throw one to Najee, a deep one to claypool and then a couple like deontay johnson or yeah. like one to him and one to fryermuth and and away we go right right so I Joe, know, do we... that's where i'm kind of kind of going i like it there's some names in there i wasn't really on so joe do you have a anyone that we didn't talk about that you're uh, a little tickled about no, you you guys pretty much covered it i love darnold at the bottom i like kyler at the top i just like that game the titans and the cardinals um especially like Tannehill. i mean the cardinals best cornerback was malcolm butler and now he seems to be retired um, there's really not much going on there. I don't I don't know if I'm going to stack anyone with Tannehill just because I don't know who the hell the ball is going to. But I have no problem playing Tannehill as a one-off this week, potentially throwing uh, four-plus touchdowns. I'll, I'll touch on that for you at the receiver position. But All right, all right. Let's move on to running backs. Gotcha. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I let off. All right, let's start at the top. Jim, start off the top. All right. So running backs for me um, – it's going to be McCaffrey. Uh, we just talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, you'll see in my, obviously, you know, you, by the, this time, everyone will have read my running back article. Um, he's, he's the first guy that I talk about. In there. Um, it's the cheapest he's going to be all year. Um, last year, first game of the year. Um, he was, you know, similarly priced um, or he was a thousand dollars cheaper and he put up 37 points. Okay against Kansas City um, with Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback. So they're playing the Jets, right? I mean, he could have 30 points by halftime. I mean, you might even be able to play Chuba Hubbard if you want to. I mean, shit. I mean, 
the sky's the limit, right? So we, we talk about guys and we talk about, you know, hey, how where who are those guys that we need to have in our lineups in order to win a GPP? Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to get us that, you know, 30 to 40 points. Like he's one of them this week and just play it, right? Um, the other guy is Dalvin Cook against Cincinnati. Again, same thing. Kirk Cousins has been in COVID, out of COVID. How much has he practiced? Like, fuck, I don't know. Um, they lost Irv Smith, which, you know, RIP. So the, tragic. It's like the mm-hmm. most devastating thing in the world. But the, it just consolidates that offense a little bit more now. Um, you know, they probably get Dalvin a few more, you know, red zone opportunity looks. Justin Jefferson and Thielen will benefit from it a little bit. Um but I mean, the, I, I have a lot of builds right now where I've just been messing around where I play both McCaffrey and Cook. Just go double barrel. There's, that's going to be pretty unique because a lot of people are going to go, oh, I don't, you know, there's a ton of cheap receivers that we'll get to yeah. that you can make it work no problem. Yeah, people are going to freak out that they're, they don't have like one big gun receiver, one big name. For That's sure. fine, especially week one. You're going to get a lot of new players, right? Which is why hopefully people are, you know, listening and watching to this. Don't be afraid to just go double barrel. You want to make sure it's the same reason why you know people have gone away from the zero RB in in season long, right? It's because yeah. you need stud running backs who get volume to anchor your lineup. Now yeah. there's other guys out there, right? But these two guys happen to be the you know, the consensus one and two overall picks and look who they're playing. They get fantastic matchups weeks one. Right? Yeah. I, I think, mean, and think for like, to your point of game theory, like it's much easier to catch, you know, a 25, 30 point receiver with like an obscure name or a rando than, you know, if McCaffrey goes for 35, like what running back that's like, not a top tier guy has that upside potential. Well, especially you know? when he's going to be sixty percent owned in these three maxes and single entries, you got to be a part of it. That's just yeah. that's just the reality. Yeah. yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, my my top guy is Nick Chubb. I'm going to go against what you said earlier, Vinny. Um, the Browns' offensive line is insanely good, and the Chiefs' defense line I feel like is aging. I don't feel like they're as good as. I don't know. They're perceived, I guess. And I feel like the Browns, if they want to win this game, they need to be able to run the ball. And I can see them putting Nick Ch- the ball in Nick Chubb's hand 25, 30 times, keeping Cream Hunt on the slot, doing some weird shit with him. But yeah. Nick Chubb is my top guy. 7,200 is crazy cheap. Um, this game might be a shootout, but I still think Nick Chubb gets his. Would, uh, Jim, what do you think about Chubb? I'm 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 just personally not going to be on Nick Chubb this week. Um, you know, Joey makes all the valid cream. points. I can hate cream uh, pie too. That that's <laughs> the biggest issue with me, right? Is there is a path to Cleveland playing ball control, Cleveland grinding it out. The only problem is the speed to which Kansas City can move the ball and score. It that that plan may go out the window really, really quick. And then it's just going to be the Kareem Hunt show, right? Yeah, so, go either way. You know, I like the play. I like the game through. Like, that's how Cleveland does win this game. Though. Yes. It is running the yeah, ball. Yeah, so, so I will have – it's not like I'm gonna... going Chubb in every lineup, but I yeah. need to have action on Chubb in case that happens because I do have a lot of confidence in the Browns' offense and their offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, it's that a makes fair sense. point. That's a fair point. I mean, they have a great offensive line. They've made no mistake that they – they don't want Baker throwing the ball, you know, 35 times a game. When that happens, their expected outcomes are not great, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a good play and, like, one that, you know, honestly I'm going to have to think about a little bit because it's cl- the closer we get to Sunday and the project- projections come out, I mean, it's like if, if he's going to be, like, sub-8%, sub-10%, which he might be, I mean, it, I might just have to play yeah, right. mm-hmm. for sure. Below that 9K, Jim, do you want to rattle through a few of your favorites? Um, I mean, I think I think Aaron Jones is wildly underpriced at 6,800. Um, there's this whole narrative of A.J. Dillon, oh, if he's going to be the goal line back and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know if a whole lot of people are out there actually watching how the Packers offense runs. Yeah. They still run spread <laughs> on the three-yard line. 
And A.J. Dillon is typically not the back that's in for that. Um, Williams was in there a lot for those last year, and he, he lost out a lot to Aaron Jones. But two years ago, Aaron Jones had, like, what, like almost 20 touchdowns? Yeah. In between yeah. running and receiving. He's an explosive player, um, and he's a guy that, again, you could pair with Rodgers and Adams if you wanted to do that stack and be a right. little bit different, right? Um, I, I just think that that's a guy in the mid-range. And then, you know, another guy that we talk about with volume is Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. This is probably going to be the cheapest he's going to be all year at 6,300. Now, it's not a great matchup, right? But the guy who they wanted to back him up is Anthony McFarlane. He's he's banged up. He's on the pup list. So they, he's not going to play. So, yeah. I mean, he, Najee Harris is going to get like – 90% of the snaps, right? So he's going to be in there on passing downs. It's going to look a lot like Le'Veon did. Yeah. Um, Najee's, Najee's good. He can catch the ball. He just didn't have to do a whole lot of it at Alabama because they had the Heisman Trophy winner, and every run that he would run, it was like a 13- or 14-yard gain before anybody ever friggin' touched him. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that – and I think, to your point with the Browns versus the Chiefs, like Pittsburgh, although they have the weapons, like – this isn't Ben Roethlisberger in year six. Like Tomlin's a good coach and knows like, dude, we took this running back in the first round. Like we're going to ride this kid. Like I, I firmly believe that. So I'm right there with you, Najee. The, yeah. Those are kind of like my guys in the mid range. Joe's there anybody else in like the, like, you know, mid sixes to like yeah. high fives that you're on. Yeah. The one guy I keep looking at is James Robinson. Um, I just feel like if I don't play him, he's about to torch me. Um, Such I don't think map, Urban though. Meyer. I don't think Urban Meyer gives a fuck about James Robinson. With <laughs> but Etienne's out, I can see Urban Meyer giving him 35 carries and really not giving a shit about Robinson's career, who he is, because he's not Urban's guy. I can really see that happening. And Houston fucking sucks. Yeah. So James Robinson can be kind of sneaky. I mean, he did go off last year, even though he wasn't supposed to be the starter this year. So I don't know. I feel so, like James Robinson can be one of those guys that can really fuck people over this coming Sunday. I, I love the matchup. Um, my issue is with the fact that now it happened so early that ETN went out. He's getting steamed in all these season long drafts. Yeah, we're all about him. I think he could be really, really highly owned come Sunday. I know, right? and that's what scares it, me. Yeah. And and I mean if. <laughs> If a guy a hundred bucks below that in Najee Harris, who's guaranteed to get every single goal line touch, um, yeah, don't forget the Jaguars have Urban's boy Carlos Hyde. You know, Urban just scares me, dude. I don't know what I know. they're going. The whole situation scares me, but there's something about it. There's this more of a gut feeling. Yeah, that he's going to go high owned. He's going to score two touchdowns, and the three of us are going to be going. Berserk on Twitter because of it. So probably, I, I hear what you're saying. But look, but look if James it's just my Robinson, gut. <laughs> if James Robinson beats me week one, then like, okay, it is what it uh, is. I, I don't think, I don't think that he's going to be in enough lineups that have a good build to be able to do that. Right? I think a lot of people. No, that's fair. Like we mentioned earlier, when someone plays a $9,100 running back like a Dalvin Cook or a $9,500 running back like Christian McCaffrey. They're going to go down into like the fours to try and get like another running back. And I think he might be in a little bit of a dead range. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. Then going down a little bit further, is there anybody in like the five to like high four range that you like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys know who I'm going to say. I can't get off of him, but I'm going to have a lot of Joe Mixon. Um, yep. I, 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 think, I don't think Cincinnati would love for Burrow off of his knee injury, and they've been really cautious in preseason for him to come out and throw the ball 50 times. They may have to because Minnesota may blow him out, but Mixon can catch the ball too. I, I think he's just a really good back. Uh, to your point, Jim, at that price point at 6,200, like if we're going to see 25% ownership on James Robinson, like – I'll gladly play Joe Mixon for half of that, you know, a couple yeah. hundred bucks less. So Mixon's in my player pool, uh, 5,800. 
I'm all I'm all over Raheem Mostert. Um, dude, he looks explosive. He looks great uh, in, in his limited carries in preseason. Um, the Lions are absolute trash. The Niners are going to stomp them out hard on Sunday, and they want to run the ball. Like they're starting Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not, they don't want him to go out there and throw the ball 45 times. Like they're going to pound Detroit into submission. So give me Raheem Mostert at 1500. Like two runs he can pay that off. I think that he's going to be relatively unowned for a couple reasons. Number one, people have this weird recency bias about the preseason, about Mm -hmm. these guys who don't play. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, you know, to like the fantasy industry and like, the people who like geek out on fantasy, like us, um, everyone knows who Raheem Mostert is, and everybody understands his value, right? But the like normal people who play, who make up the majority of the player pool that we play in, um, probably don't remember who he is. And then he's going to score three touchdowns, and then they're going to be like, "Oh shit, I should have." Yeah, man, I should have played him. A lot of people I- are going to. A lot of people are going to go see, you know, Trey Sermon at 4,500. They've been watching him run the ball in the preseason. You know, a lot of, you know, Ohio State fans are really excited about him. You know, Ohio State's got a big fan base. A lot of people yeah. are going to play, play Trey Sermon, which fine. I think he could do well, but Mostert, make no mistake about it, is definitely going to get the lion's share of the touch. Yeah, for sure. And I think the Niners, they upgraded their offensive line. Trent Williams didn't really play in preseason. They have Alex Mack at center now. Like, dude, they're going to hammer Detroit on the ground. Uh, So Raheem Mostert is going to be a core play for me, for sure. Um, Below that, I mean, there's one guy, but – I have a little so, bit of interest in Chase Edmonds, but James Conner scares me, man. I don't know what they're going to do there. So uh, I, I think Chase Edmonds just fine. It, I don't. Why does James Conner scare you? I because mean, I, not he doesn't scare me. Cliff Kingsbury scares me. Like I don't yeah. know what they're going to do there in terms of like time. To your to your point, like I want to play what I know is going to happen, or you know what I can gauge. And dude, the Cardinals they have. 700 receivers they have two backs like what are they are they going to be doing full like rotations you know what i mean like i don't know what they're going to do there um yeah but 4600 is right price but i just don't know i mean he's going to play 65 percent of the snaps i would hope so yeah and if he's going to then i i really like chase edmonds like took him in a lot of season longs like i think he's a really good player he should be running back one there but I don't know. Um, I mean, I think he's fine. I think another guy in that price range, um, based on some some roster moves that have happened, um, Peyton Barber has been got cut by the potatoes. Um, McKissick (laughs) is a real part of that of their game. Uh, They're playing the Chargers. Um, You know, he's in a range where a lot of people, I think, would would say that he's overpriced at 5100 mm-hmm. but we got to remember that we're playing on DraftKings or me personally I play most of my lineups on DraftKings right um, he catches the ball but we have to remember how many catches McKissick was getting in the second half of last season and how high his ownership got and I think that ownership people are going to forget yeah I honestly think they're going to forget he was going up towards 20% ownership towards the end of the year there well, he was getting like 12 range. targets a game. Um, yeah, no, and he was putting up plenty of points. Um, his ownership's going to be low. I think McKissick's a great play. Yeah, I mean, he got a, he spiked as high as 6,400 um, in week 16 against Carolina. Um, but even at that price point, he still put up 23 points, right? On, yeah. four, on four rushing attempts for 15 yards. Unbelievable. So, yeah. you know, I mean – Two uh, guys, two guys we didn't mention that I just want to get your guys' opinion on. Uh, one of them is getting a ton of buzz. One of them is, seems like it's being ignored. Uh, Javante Williams for the Broncos. You, Javante, are you guys gonna have any any interest there? I just want to see it honestly, yeah. but I, I I have Javante Williams in my season long league. You know, waiting there on the bench. I do think that's going to be a big play as the season goes on. But I, I want to wait and see it. I think Javante Williams is. Again, somebody else that got a lot of steam in preseason. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, as long as Melvin Gordon's there, like he's going to get 50 to 60% of the touches. Yeah, right? for sure. So, uh, he gets banged up a lot. I think Javante Williams is going to be a fine play, you know, week seven, week eight, um, something like that. Uh, for me, again, I'm, I'm with Joe. Uh, I, it's, I'd rather just wait and see kind of what happens on that one. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's not not really for me. This week. The, the last guy that I had on here, I have him in my player pool. I, you know, I haven't built any lineups yet or anything, but at 7K is Austin Eckler. I, I know Washington has a pretty good defense, but they got that shithead Anthony Lynn out in San Diego or L.A. <laughs> Like they should have a reasonable coaching staff that will just find ways to get him the Brock, you know, whether that's through the passing game or running. Yep. Like, I don't know. I feel like seven K is a pretty good price for him. Um, what, what's your guys' thoughts on on Eckler? I love Eckler. I'm going to be playing him a lot this season. Um, I just like the potatoes defense a lot more. So I just I don't like the upside. I want a guy that's going to give me maximum. I just don't think he's going to get maximum this week. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, on, on Run the Sims, Austin Eckler has a 12% chance to hit 4x his price. That's pretty good. That's really good. He's he's in the he's he's the top. He's in the top. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's number seven on the whole slate to go 4x. He's got about a 12.5% chance. So I mean at 7,000, you know. That's 28 points. Right. That's, I mean, that's pretty good for, for you know, price per point, which we're kind of looking for here. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at him. At 7K, it's just, it just looks like a great, like, RB2 option, you know, if you don't go double barrel with him, it I, seems. Okay. I've got kind of a weird one. I mean, it didn't, you guys didn't mention him, so I'm a little more concerned. But I know that we're all really high on the Niners. Um, what, about, what about Jamal Williams? On Detroit. I just don't have any interest in Detroit. Like, to me, they're like Houston. I'm just going to literally put it in the darkest spot of my brain and forget they exist. (laughs) I'm not playing any Houston Texans. I'm not playing any Lions. I just think the operations, think I think think that the one guy you can probably play from the Lions is Jamal Williams. I mean, they went out and signed him for a very, very specific reason – yeah. And now DeAndre Swift is dealing with this like groin injury. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna play ninety percent of the snaps, maybe. Yeah. If he if, if Swift misses, it's not the worst play. You know, I I I, see, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I just dark spot in my brain. I mean, that's fair. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. Like, <laughs> I, I I think I'm I'm weird enough where like I might play him. Like I'm talk. I was talking about it in my running back article, where like. I like to try and play three running backs if at all possible. Yeah. Right? Um, it, I think it's valuable to play them in the, in the flex. And he's a guy that, that just so happens when I was building my lineups that he fit perfectly Yeah. in, in where I needed in the flex. And if he's got any chance to, to have that sort of a workload, I mean, I don't think that that's something we can ignore, can we? No, no, not wrong. Maybe. I hear you. Nope. A little sneaky, sneaky. All right, that pretty much does right. my running back player. Yeah, probably. way to end the running backs with a dark cloud. All right, let's move <laughs> on to receivers. Hey, man. hey, that's what the people come for. Don't you bring this on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> they come, they come for the hot takes, and I mean, yeah. I don't know how much hotter a take it can get than playing Jamal Williams in twenty percent of my lineups. Maybe. Feel the hurt. Touche. Touche. All right, guys, receivers. Um, I'm going to give you mine at the top. I think this guy's about to be DeAndre Hopkins when he was on the Texans when they were going 2-14. and 14. It's Calvin Ridley. I mean, yeah. Falcons are going to suck, but Ridley might get 120 or 130 catches this year. Ryan's just going to be targeting him. Fourth quarter, I mean, Ridley's about to go absolutely ape shit. He's going to be 9K within a week or two, 7,900. I think he is just going to go scorched earth. So I'm all over Ridley at the top. It's too cheap. Yeah. I mean, all the receivers are technically are too cheap, but this week. What about going to be 9K, 10K here. What about below that? Who's some of your guys that you like below Ridley? If you're not um, on the top. Love Scary Terry. 
Kerry McLaurin. I mean, the guy's been going off with no quarterbacks forever. Um, Fitzmagic's going to put up numbers. I don't know if he's going to win, but he's going to put up numbers. He's going to give uh, take shots. I think Scary Terry's in a position to have a really big season. I also like both Carolina receivers and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson just got his extension. I love Robbie Anderson. He might get three catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns in a game, and he's going to kill it for us. I mean, revenge game. Yeah, so I just think that whole Carolina game, I think Carolina is primed this year to turn some heads. They're going to surprise a lot of people. So I really like that whole stack. Okay. How about you, Jim? Um, I mean, Devontae Adams, $8,300 is a shitload of money to pay for a receiver. Mm -hmm. Um. I really, really – I would really like to pay that for him. I just – I don't know if I can get there. Uh, yeah. He's just – I mean, he's a stud. We all know that. Um, it's just – I don't know, man. I, I want to play Rodgers and I want to play Adams, right? It's just like one of those things. But that is a shitload of salary that I'm spending on those two players. And then if yeah. I want to play Aaron Jones, right, like – that's an expensive team stack that like, I just don't know if I can get there. Right. And if we're talking about, you know, could I go all the way down to a Deontay Johnson for $2,000 less and get probably the same amount of production? Yeah. There, there's a legitimate shot at that. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. He's something that somebody I'm really interested in. Um, especially with Irv being out, I, I'm going to be all over Justin Jefferson. I mean, I know he's questionable. He's had this little shoulder thing. Again, you know, what have you done for me lately? People haven't seen him play. Like, okay, that's f- fucking fine with me. Yeah, right? he'll be like, fine. <laughs> let's Let's fire this guy up. Um, well, I think people always get the sophomore slump thing going in their head. Yeah, I mean, this kid is so special that, like, I just, you know, I, I, can't, I can't see it. Um, he's somebody I'm going to be interested in. Um, and then I, I don't really understand why Stefan Diggs is, is priced at $7,600. Um, I did, do you guys have any like clues as to why? Because if you go look at his production no last year, against, I think DraftKings is scared of the Steelers. Okay, that's it. Well, he had a pretty good game against the Steelers last year. Um, he put up 32 fucking points against the Steelers last year. Oh, yeah, the so, Steelers' corners don't scare me. Their front sevens was scary. Exactly. Yeah. And Diggs is one of the guys that, you know, Josh Allen will throw the ball deep to him, but Josh Allen will also throw it to him out of the slot. They'll throw crossers to him. Like, they'll throw anything to him. So, yeah. like, I think he he's going to be my top option at receiver. If I'm paying up for receiver, it's going to be him and then Deontay Johnson. Um and, and again, the same reason why we're talking about some of the running backs is because it's just going to be the volume. I know where the volume is going to go in that offense. Mm-hmm. That's why Joe is playing Ridley, right? I like Ridley, right? But if I can use that $300 to upgrade my lineup somewhere else in a game that might be really competitive and kind of back and forth with two really good offenses, that's something that definitely interests me. Um, so those are kind of the two guys up top that, uh, that I'm targeting. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you guys. I mean, if I can get to Adams, obviously I will. Uh, But I think Ridley's just as good of a play, if not better. Uh, I do actually have a little respect for the Saints defensive backs versus, you know, where Jefferson and Ridley, I have like really no concern about the Eagles defensive backs or uh, especially Cincinnati. I mean, I looked at their depth chart. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe they're rolling this out. Uh, so, yeah, those guys up top for me, I love. And then the only guy above 7K you guys didn't mention that I just am rock hard for is A.J. Brown. Uh, dude, the, the Cardinals' best corner, arguably, just retired, Malcolm Butler. And he's and, not even good. They, and, yeah, he's not good. Like, they have no one who's who can cover in Arizona. Like, Buda Baker is the enough. only one that's good in that secondary. Yeah. I don't know who matches up with A.J. Brown. Like – I think the Cardinals with Chandler Jones and JJ Watt, like they've got a fairly decent front seven to like contain Henry a little bit. I don't think Tennessee's going to come out and give him 35 carries to start the year, the season off. I just think AJ Brown's like uncoverable. And what you were saying earlier in the show, Joe, I think that relationship with Julio is going to take a little time. I mean, he doesn't practice. 
I don't think Julio's practiced since he like got signed. So give me AJ Brown all day Sunday. Like I'll get him as in, into as many lineups as I can. I like it. Um, my next guy is below 5K. Um, I really like my cheap receivers. If anyone listened last year, you guys know that. I'm going to go down for the receivers almost every week. I like Miko Hardman. 4,800. Vinny, you were talking about him in our last show. It's glaring that he is about to go off this year. The guy's speed is electric out of Georgia. I mean, the Chiefs have brought him on nice and slowly. He have, hasn't been rushed into the role. Now he's primed the number two receiver slot. He's going to be on the field every single play with Mahomes throwing the ball and then probably having to double Tyreek and worry about Kelsey and worry about all the other problems. Mikko Hardman is a great play at 4,800. There's yeah. no way he stays under 6K, 6,500 over here the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm obsessed with him. I'm probably going to play him in too many lineups this week, but Mikko Hardman's a huge play of mine. Yeah, and to your point with the cheap receivers, I have 10 guys – below 5k that i like you know so it's just like to jim's point i i know the traditional build is like get a you know a a top end stack get one good running back and then pay down the rest like i have no problem going too high and running running backs and going two, maybe even three receivers that are cheap like i'm okay with that honestly this week um to your point some of the guys that i like down low you know we talked about the vikings a little bit t higgins at 4700 is just criminal. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not, not like an explanation is needed. He had a great season last year. Devontae Smith and Rieger, 4,537. And then um, I'm sure Jim will touch on a, a guy I saw. I will, I'll leave him. But Jalen Waddle at 3,600, I really like for Miami. Um, I mean, they took this kid like top 10. Like they're going to get him the ball for sure. Um, what's his name? Uh, who's the receiver is always hurt? Will Fuller. He's suspended yeah, for yeah. the first game of the season. He's so, suspended. Yeah. yeah, you know, one less target to compete with. Yeah, 3,600, man. Like, it does not take a lot to pay that off. Um, and then the only other guy I have down there to – I like is kind of my bring back at 3K for some of the Carolina stacks is Elijah Moore for the Jets. He's was their second-round pick. He's going to be their starting receiver. And, Jim, what you were saying about the Jets, like if they have to keep up with we think Carolina kind of stomps them out. 3k you know i mean come on like that's just one touchdown and you're like okay you're you're feeling pretty good about it so um Jim, yeah so but, i mean yeah. we were talking earlier about my, our philosophy of going double barrel you know mccaffrey and cook i mean you could start your wide receiver lineup at brandon cooks at 5300 and there's a guy that's going to get you know maybe 65 percent of the target share for his team yeah it's mm-hmm. fucking terrible Right, but who they they don't have anybody else. I don't know why they cut Kiki QT because he actually played well for them last year. Um, the Colts signed him. He's on the Colts practice squad now. Like, like I don't really I don't really get that. Um, and then you go down. You've got Sterling Shepard, who is the literally the only healthy Giants wide receiver right now. Um, and everyone, what's he at? He's at fifty one hundred. You know, everyone's had this big love affair with Dan- Danny Dimes this offseason. Oh, Danny Dimes is so good, blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, all right, well, who the fuck is he going to throw the ball to? Um, <laughs> Sterling Shepard's a perfectly serviceable player. Another guy that I really like in that Carolina game, Corey Davis. I mean, are we just forgetting about Corey Davis? I mean, he had a great – he actually had a great preseason, right? Yeah. They went out and signed this guy. Um to be, you know, their number one wide receiver. They've got him, Crowder, and Mims. I mean, they're again, they're gonna throw the have to throw the ball a lot. Um, he's a guy that I'm all over. Um, same price as Hardman. I, I the Hardman play is obvious, right? I love it. Yeah. But Jamar Chase at forty eight hundred. And mean, no one's gonna be on him with like burying him. He's already <laughs> a bust. Oh my God, he's he's had a couple of drops. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like Ayuk had a couple of drops, and Ayuk's fine. No one's like worried about Ayuk. But then this guy goes and has a couple of drops, and it's like the world is falling. Like, oh my God, this guy fucking sucks. Like, what's his problem? You know, this guy's in his head. Like, blah 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 blah. Like, like are 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 you kidding me? Like, this is so this dumb. is something that like. 
he's playing with the guy he played with in college. Like they're going to be just fine. They're yeah. going to have to throw mm-hmm. the shit out of the ball. Um, again, Jameson Crowder, 4,600, Jerry Judy, 4,800. Um, you know, Devonte Smith. I like Corlin Sutton too. It's yeah, like 52. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's no re- like I get why people want to play the guys up top. I get it. Right. But there's no reason why you couldn't pick three guys from down here and be totally fine. I mean, if you want to yeah. get a piece, you want to get a piece of Green Bay, you got Lazard down here at 4,000, right? right. So you got Valdez scaling at 3,700. Yeah. I mean, look, Rager is guy's a guy probably going to catch a touchdown week one. Rager is a guy that I think is, is a solid player. Um, he had a little bit of issues at the beginning of camp this year, but he's solid, right? He's playing Atlanta. You know, $3,700. And then Vinny left them for me. Like, you know, thank you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Terrence Marshall. I mean, he's a guy that even if they get up and they, you know, start kicking some ass, they're going to take McCaffrey out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to take out Robbie Anderson because he's, you know, prone to injuries. They're going to play, you know, DJ Moore, a few less snaps. But they're going to give keep giving the kid the ball. Yeah. Right. He's going to stay in there the whole game. Right. And I mean, he's going to be a fantastic asset. You know, their, their tight end game is, is not great. He's a little bit big, bit of a bigger body. We're in the red zone. They, they can look to try and get him the ball. Dude. Um, and again, I, at I that, like it at that price, three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown is you're like a gig- yeah, it's a gigantic win, and that's I mean, very, very possible. At, at the dead men, right? Four X is twelve points, right? That's 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 that's, that's five catches for seventy yards. Like, and yeah. then he gets a touchdown. You know, fall into the end zone, um, or you happen to break one off and get the hundred point, you know, three point bonus. Right? Yeah, let's not forget about that. Right, DraftKings, you get the extra points if you go over 100 points. So, like, you know, there's a lot. You're just gonna have to figure out where you want to go with receiver. But I definitely think the optimal way to build this week is to pay up for your known quantities of running back, whether it's a mix in or whoever it might be, right? But to pair two of those guys up and, and go cheap with the receivers. Maybe you get one Ridley in there. But then you can go way down for some of these other guys, and you can certainly make it work, no problem. Yeah. Yep. All right, boys, let's move on to tight ends. Let's knock it out. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to lead off just because this piggybacks right off of what uh, Jim said a little bit. Uh, I like a lot of tight ends this week. If you guys want to read my article, it's online. But I'm just going to go with some of my min- minimum price guys. I like Dan Arnold for the Panthers. Um, I know there's a lot of mouths to feed and there's McCaffrey, but Dan Arnold showed flashes last year for the Cardinals enough to get himself a starting job with the Panthers. He's 2,600. He's the cheapest starting tight end on the slate. If you're on the Darnold train like we are, Darnold to Arnold, match made in heaven. Um, I feel like that's about to be a boom this year. (laughs) Darnold, that's around, that's around. (laughs) So Darnold to Arnold, um, I think – I think it's a killing. So I really like Dar- Arnold. At- Darnold. I like Arnold at the bottom. Um, another cheap guy is Ferkser for the Titans. John U. Smith is out, 3,200. I think that game is about to blow up. Ferkser is going to be on the field every single play. Um, 3,200, I think he's too cheap to ignore. And then the last guy I want to talk about is John U. Smith for the Patriots. Hunter Henry's been hurt. He hasn't been practicing for him. I mean, that doesn't even matter. They're going to be in 12 personnel, 22 at all times anyways. Um, But at 4,100, I think John U and Josh McDaniel's offense, Mac Jones with his precision, not going to be scrambling. I mean, we know who the ball is going to. Um, John U's a freak. We've seen it. He can catch the ball three yards and take it up 80, just like any receiver. He looks just like A.J. Brown when he's out there. Um, So, yeah, those are my three guys I'm going going to go low for. Um, but yeah, I like a lot of tight ends this week. What do you guys think? Dig it, Jim. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of do the same thing. I mean, I don't know if we really need to talk about Kittle and Kelsey. I mean, it's yeah, just, no. You know, I, I I think I love Kittle. Um, I think he has an opportunity, especially on the really, 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 really poor safety and linebacking core of of the um 
the good old uh, Lions. Um, Lions actually had decent corners. They got Jeff Okuda from last year, who they drafted, who's actually a pretty nice player. Um, so I think the middle of the field is going to be somewhere where the Niners can really, really gash them if they want to on some of that play action stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to have a ton of catches, but it might be like four for 102 and a touchdown or something like that, um, which would certainly, I think everybody would sign up for. Um, I think Logan Thomas is is a fantastic play. I mean, he's a little bit higher priced than than I would like at forty six hundred. Um, I know, still love it. I, I think he here. Here's how I like to think about it with tight ends, though. Forty six hundred. What would you think about him if he was a wide receiver at forty six hundred with his volume? Yeah, he's cheaper exactly. than he's cheaper than Miko Hardman. Yeah, right. These tight ends, uh, some of these guys. I mean, at least at least five of them are wide receivers. Yeah. They're just so in the I mean, tight end really, category. I mean, really, look, we're looking for 3X out of our tight end, right? 3 to 5X. And, you know, 3X for him puts us at about 15 points. It's fine with me, right? Uh, it really pains me to scroll past Herb Smith. I mean, it's just like actually like hurts. Um, hey, look for Chris Hearn to step up this year, though, after Adam Gase just threw him in a on. ditch last season. I'm telling you. I will not. I'm not saying this week. I'm not saying this week because he's fresh. He's new there. But this year, Herndon can step up. I hope he blows out his knee and (laughs) we never hear about him again. I thought we would make it one show without you saying that. I have been hearing for (laughs) years now. Oh, Chris, this is Chris Herndon's year. It's his For years, he's been without him. The guy just – maybe everybody should just like – cop to the fact that the guy just fucking sucks <laughs> like all i want you to do sucks. is just post this part of the video and save it that's for later fine. in the year when herndon's yeah. fucking going berserk i please he's I not gonna go berserk. that's fine <laughs> if, if chris herndon goes berserk then you know that's great i'll play him in week 17 when he's doing nothing but catching meaningless passes right i mean <laughs> Chris Herndon. I mean, all right, God. take it easy. I, can't. <laughs> I just gave him fucking five years off Jim's life. <laughs> any uh, any other tight ends not named Chris Herndon that you like? Yes, twenty five hundred. Pat Fryermuth. Oh yeah. Um, Is he German? Well, yeah. I mean, who? <laughs> you know, Z Germans are now Z allies, but um, that's for a different day. Um, I mean, twenty five hundred bucks. We're not looking for anything but like two catches for like eight yards and, and a touchdown, right? Yeah. Um, I know that they have Eric Ebron. Like that's fine. The 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 Steelers now. I think that the, one of the main reasons why they went and got Fryermuth is so they could run some more twelve personnel and run some more twenty two personnel with two tight ends on the field and Najee in the single back, right? Um, he's a guy that during the preseason I've seen him line up a little bit in the H back spot you know, just off the line a little bit where they can do some different stuff with him. He's not a big explosive kind of receiver, right? But he's a guy that can catch and he's a good red zone target, right? You know, for years we saw Ben just, he loves to throw to the middle of the field. So like that's a guy at 2,500 that I I can 100% get behind playing in week one, especially if it's between, you know, a Logan Thomas at 4,600 or Fryermuth, and you can go up and then get Ridley, right? If you go down to Fryermuth, right? Like, and look, at the end of the day, if he takes a zero, he takes a zero, right? Yeah. We, we've all won quite a bit of money um, with a very cheap dead men guy getting like two or three points before because it just opened up the rest of our lineup, right? Right. Um, so th- that's where I'm going. <laughs> I had one other guy that, like, I just don't know who else is going to catch passes for the team. And I think that, you know, he's really the only tight end left there. Um, and that's Jack Doyle. Um, he's at 3,200. Mm-hmm. Um, we all like Mo Alley Cox. Okay. Mo Alley Cox. Like, he could go do a layup somewhere. Like, I mean, he, Jack Doyle is going to get more snaps on the field than Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox might have one catch for 17 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, Jack Doyle has, I think will put up some good volume. Um, and, you know, Wentz had a very, you know, successful career in Philadelphia throwing to both of his tight ends. Um, I, I think that's like a level of comfortability with him 
that he does like, you know, throwing to the area of the tight end. Um, you know, Seattle's linebackers are certainly not what they used to be. Um, they just got rid of KJ Wright, which the Raiders signed, which is interesting. Um, but you know, I probably that, means it was a really good move by the Seahawks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Ten year veteran. He was probably about to like tear his Achilles or something like that, right? For you know, sure. Like, oh yeah, you can have him Raiders. Um pretty much. But yeah, I mean that that that's that's kind of where I'm looking. I think I mean Jack Doyle's gonna be like a point five, you know, half percent play in a large field tournament that you could turn to. Yeah, and the only only two guys that I have on here that you guys didn't mention, uh, forty four hundred and forty three hundred is Kyle Pitts. Again, if I'm going to stack Philly, he's a bring back guy. If you're going to do like a full game yep. stack, you could bring back Ridley and Pitts pretty easily because I yep. I just think the target share is going to be pretty uh, concentrated there. And like then uh, for forty three hundred is Noah Fant, um, Teddy Two Gloves, tight end, Fant's really good player if he's healthy i mean it seems like he's always got a sprained ankle i don't know how it's possible but um if he's suiting up uh he's a big time mismatch uh you know i don't i don't hate that play so what do, what do you guys think about bobby t get a little exposure to packers with old bob oh Tanyan. yeah bob tanyan yeah tanyan i feel like yeah you got to have a little bit of him um i just think he's that touchdown variant right He's not going to get a high volume, but he might get you two or three touchdowns and win you some weeks, just like he did for people last I mean, year. I played Bobby over MVS. Or, if you go you back know. and look at his game log, he he's pretty consistent with like, you know, five catches, six catches, five catches, five, five, four, five, three, four, four. I mean, he actually gets a little bit more volume than I think that we get. Then I think that, you know, he had that one spike game at, 33 yeah. points, but he's pretty consistently between like 12 and 17 all year last year. And I think, you know, just one more year, Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of those guys where like once he builds a rapport with somebody, he, he likes having them on the field and mm -hmm. make no mistake about it this year. It's Aaron's show. Yeah. Right? Like whoever he wants on the field and to play he, that he's going to, they're going to be there. Right. So, at a price point, like Vinny said, I mean, he's going to get more targets than MVS. That's for sure. Um, yeah. At 4,200. Yeah. You know, uh, it, he's not, he's somebody that I have circled. Um, for sure. Look a little bit deeper into. And if he's really just going to be like off the map ownership wise. I yeah. Mean, if, if I like Rogers, Tanya and somebody I have to consider putting in the money. Yes. Lineup. No, for sure. If you have Rogers, and, I feel like Tanya kind of has to be in there. And, he might be somebody, you know, this, might, this is kind of a little bit of a risky lineup build, um, but kind of rolling into stacks, right, and talking about some of the stacks that we like, a weird stack that I've, you know, just messed around with, Rogers, Jones, Tanya, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, it's one of those stacks that's like, eh, it could, could be bad because Devontae Adams could have three touchdowns. Like, that yeah. could be a problem. Yeah. But Devontae Adams could only have one touchdown, and – you know, Tanya could have one and Jones could run one in and catch one. Yeah. Right? And then, and then you're really just kind of setting things apart because that's not something that a lot of people are going to do. Right. People will think Definitely. about stacking. They're going to stack, you know, Rogers and, and Adams and Lazard. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, and maybe they might throw Tanya in there, but very, very, very few people are going to do the Rogers, Tanya and Jones stack. So that that's just kind of a, a kind of a more off the wall stack that uh that I liked. I like it. What uh we don't need to touch on defenses because I mean I think no. most of us typically are just I mean we have ideas of who we like who we're gonna play against but for the most part it's gonna be squeeze them in play you know, play the lineup, cheapest so. defense with the highest upside that you can get and this week it's the Colts at twenty three yeah. Yep, I have done the same exact thing. So I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally playing either the Colts or the Eagles, but really, it's mostly just the Colts, and then I'll just move on with my day. Like, I don't need to really worry about yep. anything more. Than that. I'm with you. All right. Cool. All right, guys, check out our website, dfsredzone.com, for all of our articles. We are posting a lot of content now that the season is ramping up. Next week, we'll have our. 
usual post our position by position and then our full breakdown as it goes on follow us on twitter at all of our handles we got jj mcintosh dfs joey levine and vin l 29 and follow us at what is it red zone dfs on twitter nope. yep all right guys thanks for listening it's been a great pod later peace peace